Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into SEC Football and Beyond. It is Friday, October the 2nd. It is football eve. Game week two uh, in the SEC starts tomorrow. I got a full slate of SEC games. We'll uh, tell you all about them today. I'm Neil McCready. Chris Landry with me as well. I hope that uh, you all are safe and uh, doing well. Nice weather. Chris and I were just talking about the weather a little while ago. It's absolutely fantastic weather here in uh, North Mississippi. From the looks of it, it is that way uh, kind of all over the country. It's not even humid down there in, in South Louisiana where Chris is. So uh, <laughs> great weather. Chris, how are you? Doing well, Neil, and just excited to be uh, getting into a second week of uh, SEC football. And, you know, obviously, I always say, Neil, I said this on Tuesday, uh, it's, it's not so much about how teams look week one, but how they progress or regress from here on out. So this is – you know, but everybody is going to react to the first week of games um, because that's all you got until you got a second one. So now I'm most curious about how will teams improve? I know everybody says who's going to win and by how much, and certainly we'll get into some of that, but it's just like for me trying to figure out, okay, who is going to improve this week? Who's not? And at least in some of the other conferences that have more games under their belt, I've been able to get a, a pretty good feel for what the teams are and what are not. I can only anticipate based upon personnel and coaching and strategy what I think these teams may be in the SEC. But through one week, folks, that's not enough of a sample size. And the overreaction is just out of whack, Neil. I mean, it always is. But already we've defined everything about this season through one week. Sure. That's, that's the fun part. To me, that's the fun part because now, now there's a second game and a lot of us will be exposed as, as overreactive idiots, but that's, that's all part of it. The, the day that the fans aren't, aren't actively engaged in it is the day that we're all out of a gig. So uh, that's, that's, um, that's kind of the fun part. It, it, tomorrow's interesting because you, you always get coaches. We hear it at every level, middle school, high school, college, even the NFL to some degree. Coaches say teams improve the most from week one to week two. Well, here we go. Week two, this is supposed to be big improvement week. How much uh, How much stock do you put in that old cliche? Well, I believe it, it, in general it is. And here's why people, well, why is it? Well, be, think about it. Um, prior to the first game, you don't have a game to learn from. You don't have a, learn, a, a game film to grade your team or grade your upcoming opponent. So what you do on a week-to-week basis um, directly correlates to where you want to focus in on your improvements, what you begin to determine are things that your team can do or can't do well. So in essence, all right, let me not ask our team to do some of the things that we may not be able to do. And you can only learn, you can learn a lot from practices, Neil, but you can't learn everything. So when you're able to do that through week one, uh, you know, after week one, there is a chance to really get better. But it's, you know, Neil, doesn't most people determine whether a team is better, get better or not, whether they win or lose? Well, that's not the case. It's not about the results. It's what creates the results. So if you're a team that plays a tougher opponent week two, you might be 50% better than you were week one and you still lose. And maybe you lose by decisive margin. People say, well, you didn't get better. Actually, the film shows you did get better. You're just going up against a better opponent. And sometimes it's the reverse, right? I mean, you play a really tough opponent, and then you play a weak opponent week, week two and or weaker one, and 
you look good. Oh, boy, we really improved. Well, you know what? We were even more sloppy week two, but because the level of opponent wasn't as good. So keep that in mind. It's not always what you think. And I know this is weird. The results don't matter. It's what creates the result because it's like eating the meal. The meal, you like it. It tastes good or you don't. But the whole reason why it's good or not is because of how you prepare it. What are the groceries? What are the ingredients? How did you cook it? How do you prepare it? Um, Those are the things that determine whether it's good or not. And it's the things that determine whether the game's going to be good or not. But you have to do it with the understanding of it's not in a vacuum. It's a Every every other team is doing the same thing, so everything is relative to how much somebody's getting better. So we'll go through the schedule, and then we'll break down the games. I'll start with this one. We'll go through the schedule, and then you tell me which of these which of these games have appealed to you, and which ones are kind of a little bit of, of media drudgery, if you will. Uh, we got South Carolina at Florida. That game. Uh, I'm gonna go all Central Time since I think the bulk of our listeners are, are probably in the Central Time Zone. South Carolina at Florida. That's at 11 a.m. Central on ESPN. Um, Missouri is at Tennessee. That game also at 11 a.m. Central time. That's on SEC Network there in Knoxville. Texas A&M and Alabama play the CBS game at 2.30. That game uh, in Tuscaloosa, Texas A&M at Alabama. Then the 3 p.m. SEC Network game, my buddy Taylor Zarzer will be on that call on the SEC Network. It's Ole Miss at Kentucky. Both of those teams looking for win number one. Uh, then the night slate has three games. Arkansas is at Mississippi State. The Bulldogs coming off that big win at LSU. Arkansas at Mississippi State, 6.30 p.m. in Starkville. That game can be seen on the SEC Network alternate channel. Uh, Auburn is at Georgia. Both teams 1-0. Uh, a, a showdown that usually happens in November. This time happens the first weekend in October. Welcome to uh, COVID 2020. That game at 6.30 Central Time, 7.30 Eastern uh, on ESPN. And then uh, the other 6.30 kick, LSU, a uh, 20-point favorite. They travel to Vanderbilt. That game in Nashville is also at 6.30. And you can see the Tigers and the Commodores on the SEC Network. Obviously, the from a, a national standpoint, from a ranking standpoint, Auburn at Georgia is the big game. Is that the one that you're most interested in as well? Oh, no doubt. Um, and that's definitely number one. Uh, it, it is, to me, a case of Georgia overall more talented, but the quarterback situation is the one that, again, for the second week in the row, row when I watch Georgia's, what are they going to get out of the quarterback position? How is it going to look? Uh, is JT Daniels going to play? I doesn't sound like he's going to start. And so at what point do they get him ready to go? If he's ready to go, I, you know, that's really intriguing to me because that is going to determine the ceiling of this Georgia team and how, how they're able to deal with that. And this is a tough enough opponent to where if they play a game like they did a half, even against like they did against Arkansas, then this game is going to be in much more danger than last week's was when they were able to just overwhelm Arkansas in the second half. So, again, I'm not predicting that, but I'm the curiosity's got me. I do think we're going to see improvement out of Georgia, but I think it'll be incremental. But it might be significant this week from the quarterback position. I don't know. So that that's the one that clearly you know is most interesting. I, I breaking down the Auburn tape against Kentucky. You know, Kentucky didn't play well. I didn't think they had a good game plan. And yet, you know, Auburn certainly didn't dominate them. I mean, it was it was a game in which we need to hold off on how good is Kentucky and how bad is um, how good is Auburn, how bad is Auburn and uh, Georgia. And I think we'll see that uh, in this game, at least to some degree, before Georgia gets another tough matchup and then they get the ultimate matchup against Alabama in a couple of weeks. All right, let's jump into the games. We'll, we'll do the two uh, 11 a.m. games first. They're noon Eastern time, so if you're listening in, in Gainesville, you're listening in Knoxville, it's noon kickoff, 11 a.m. Central. We'll start with South Carolina at Florida. The Gators uh, put up 642 yards of offense in Oxford against Ole Miss last weekend. Of course, on the flip side, they gave up 600 and I think it was 11, 612, I don't know, a lot, 600-plus yards of total offense to the Rebels. 
South Carolina lost a close one, a four-point loss at home against Tennessee. Will Muschamp, the former Florida coach, now obviously at South Carolina. It's another return to Gainesville for him. So there's some storylines there. What are you looking for between the the Gators and the Gamecocks? Well, and breaking down the South Carolina-Tennessee game on tape, the the thing that would concern me here is defensively – how much growth can South Carolina have? Can they generate enough more pass rush? Because they didn't get enough consistent pressure last week. It's not going to work this week. And then what are they going to be able to do against the run? I think it's going to be key. Do they have to put extra numbers in the box? Because I think ideally what they're going to want to do is run some bracket coverage. I think the best way to handle a great tight end is you got to jam them off the line of scrimmage and you've got to rotate a guy behind them on top of it and then you got to bring pressure. Can they do all of that? There's more to the Gators than that tight end, though. That receiver core is deep and talented. And Yeah. You mentioned pressure. One of Ole Miss's problems against Florida was they couldn't get pressure on Trask, and I went back and watched it again. He was really effective when he had a chance to get his feet set. It is, but, you know, if you don't stop the tight end, it's the quickest death. I mean, you've got to be able to force the ball deep, and – you know, the issue with, with the tight end is such a big factor is the ball can come out so quick as they're trying to run some deeper routes with their receivers. If you can bring pressure, then it's going to be tougher to hit those guys on time and accurately if you can bring pressure. But if you can bring pressure, you're fine. If you can't bring pressure, well, then they're just, they'll just work the tight end, you know, and, and eat you up. So you've got to be able to reroute him. Oh, that's To me, that's – you've got to take something away. It's the old Belichick theory is make them beat you another way, and you can't let the tight end beat you. So you've got to get pressure. And, and they absolutely, if you can't beat pressure, the receivers will beat you. But if you bring good pressure and you can take care of the short route, you got a chance, and that's your best chance. So that needs to be – just talking game plan, what they need to do. I don't know that they can do that well enough. I think this Florida team is is better than South Carolina, and I think it's going to be a tough day for the Gamecocks. So we'll see. And I, I think this this offense of Florida is, is dynamic enough to where South Carolina can't pull the type of game like they did against Georgia and be as effective because, you know, Florida can throw the football much more effectively than Georgia could last year. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I watched, obviously, I watched Florida last week. I watched a lot of South Carolina. I don't know if I, and again, again, we're we're talking, talking one week. I'm not sure where I would rank South Carolina right now if I were thinking about the league as a whole. I think I'd have them in the bottom half. I think there are multiple teams that I think are better than them. I, I think it's going to be a rough a rough no. go for them if they can't if they can't. They just struck me as remarkably mediocre. I, I would say that, again, one week to reiterate, re- reiterate what you said, but I put them below Kentucky and, of course, Tennessee in the East. I'm just tuning in the East, you know, stop there. And I would agree with you. And we had that conversation what before week one. Who's the third best team? Who's the fourth best team? Who's the fifth best team in the East? Yeah. It's early. That's the way it looks after week one. All right, Missouri. Uh, they hit the road for the first time in the Elia Drinkwitz era. They had two Knoxville, Tennessee, one and zero after that four point win at South Carolina. The balls looking for a two and zero start. Missouri lost pretty handedly at home to Alabama in Week One. Uh, the betting line on this game, in, in case you're curious, Missouri is a uh, ten point underdog at Tennessee. That was as of earlier. I'll pull up some uh, the latest betting lines later when we get Chris's thoughts on on picks against the spread, but your, your thoughts on this matchup, what do you, what do you expect? Well, let's look at some positives. Let's look at, all right, because it's really easy to say, oh, Tennessee's better than Missouri. Yeah, they are. And probably going to win. I'm, you know, giving the, the, the end result away, but let's, let's look at some positives from Missouri that I saw on tape. Not awful against the run. I mean, certainly was against Alabama, but particularly late. And, and I, I, I saw their ability to get off blocks against the run. Wasn't bad. Tennessee, on the other hand, and I bring this up because if they have a good run defensive effort against Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee was one for 12 on third downs. I mean, they they beat South Carolina, but there's a long way to go for them. So there is a scenario where you can paint that, oh, can can Missouri force Tennessee in third and longs? I'm telling you, it's not going to be a good third and long team. I mean, not not that anybody excels in that moment. Tennessee's going to struggle there. 
Um, and then I do think Missouri has some weapons, but Tennessee's better. Um, I don't know how much Cade Mays is going to play. I imagine he will. This oh, is a good yeah. offensive line. He'll they're going to run. They're 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 going to stay committed to the run. And I wonder if Missouri can hold up against the run for as long as they're going to need to, because I think Tennessee is going to be really, really patient with the run. Now, let me say this. Missouri really struggled defending the pass. So there'll be opportunities in the passing game for Tennessee. So the game's within the game. It's not just who I think will win or lose. That Those are byproducts of, all right, I want to see games within the game. What can Tennessee's passing game do against this Missouri defense that, I don't think it's going to be very good, and I don't think it's going to stop many good offenses. So this is an opportunity for the Tennessee passing game to have success. I'm curious to see if they can do it. Uh, Texas A&M heads to Alabama. It's a 2:30 game on CBS. We talked about that. Texas A&M. I'll pull up the latest lines in a minute. Uh, 17 and a half point underdogs earlier in the week. Uh, Texas A&M. Narrowly defeated Vanderbilt at home. We talked about that a little bit on Tuesday. Alabama, as you just mentioned, uh, went to Missouri, ran away early, and uh, kind of slogged a little bit late. But uh, the Crimson Tide get uh, Texas A&M at home, the home opener for uh, Nick Saban's crew. I mean, obviously, on paper, this is a game that Alabama wins. Give me some, give me some scenarios where Texas A&M makes this competitive. It's going to be tough to run on Alabama, but I do think that you can get the quarterback involved in the run game to where you can spread Alabama's defense out. It's the best way you try to be able to open up things in the run game. Isaiah Spiller got some big plays. Again, it's Vanderbilt's defense, not ten, uh, not Alabama's defense. Um, look, I, I, I don't know. It's You can always be worse. It can always be better, but – Kellen Mann, um, I will say safely that he's going to perform better than he did last week because it's pretty hard to perform as poorly as he did last week, all things considered who you went up against. They just couldn't do anything. They didn't run it well enough. They didn't throw it well enough. And um, So what makes you, know, you think that, what makes you think that they'll do it against Alabama? I, 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 don't think, I don't think they will. I think I think the, 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 the point I guess I would make is that I think they will be a little bit more aggressive I think they'll try to get the wide run game going a little bit more and try to get Alabama uh, spread out wide to try to create some run lanes. I think they'll be more creative. I think a lot of what I saw with A&M was just a, I don't know, a lethargic tempo. I don't know what it was. I don't think that's going to be the case this week because of the opponent, because of the embarrassment of last week, because – I mean, you have to remind folks that AM actually won because it felt like a loss. It looked like a loss. Yeah. So I think you're going to see a different AM team. I just still still think it's going to be up to Alabama what they want it to be. I think this is a, a blowout. But I think that, you know, if Alabama, you know, is off their game a little bit, AM plays well, I think it could be closer than maybe even I might that I think right now. But I, I think this is a decisive win. I'm I'm merely trying to make a point of what I think AM could be. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. This is part of what I'm saying. I need to see them. Look, AM's got Alabama, and we'll get to this next week, of course. They got Florida. They're one and two any way you shake it, in my mind, unless something drastic happens. I'm looking to see what AM can do in progress because no one will pay attention to this because they're one and two. Jimbo's over, already overpaid, and he should be fired, and he should be this. Well, it's about what they do in this game and what they do against Florida that's going to really determine their growth and their ceiling when it comes to Auburn and LSU and games that I think that down the road they could win or could lose and it'll probably depend again upon their rate of progression. So I'm looking for progression, not necessarily an upset. Yeah, I'm – I'm interested in, in seeing Alabama in week two. I'm always interested in Nick Saban teams the week after they struggled a little. And not that Alabama struggled, but he was not happy with their second half. Right. That's been, that's been the message all week in Tuscaloosa is that uh, th- this is, you know, th- th- this has to be a 60-minute effort. He, This is not, you know, all SEC season, all that stuff. I expect Alabama to come out of the gates pretty sharp. I, yeah, you know, that's what he does. Saban, and, I expect know. Saban to try to keep them sharp. 
Well, yeah, and you know, people say, "Well, I don't get it." Boy, he's a jerk, and you know, look, I mean, look, you can you can claim I've known Nick for thirty some odd years, and yeah, there are times where you know, yeah, he's a jerk here or there. I get it, but in terms of coaching, when you're up, people say, "Well, why is it, Chris, that when a coach is up that high, why is he so hard on his players?" And here's why: it's a habit. I mean. Neil, isn't it a habit? You're a great writer. You're a publisher. You, if if you if you don't make it a habit to do things the right way, yeah. then under pressure you don't perform as well. So when you're up by thirty points in the second half, and you don't you play sloppy technique because, eh, you know they're not going to throw it over here. Well, then all of a sudden it's tougher to break those habits and to be sharp when you need to call upon it in a one possession game with the division title on the line. So, so I had this conversation with someone the other day, we were talking about, we were actually talking about a coaching search from another day. And the person said, it was actually, I'll be full, full disclosure. I'll be transparent. It was about the coaching search that resulted in Ole Miss making Matt Luke, the permanent hire. Mm Mm-hmm. And the person said, well, you know, in, in the end, it all kind of worked out because they got Lane Kiffin. And Dave Doran hasn't been all, all this and all that. And I said, okay. But now that's two things. You're rationalizing. Yeah. Big and then time. number two, if, if, you, if the process is flawed, and that one was, more times than not, the result will be negative. You'll, yeah, you can you – can, yeah. You can skate through, and you can have a bad process, and you can pull something off here and there, and 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 it'll be okay. But you know, it's look if you eat bad all the time, eventually it's going to catch up with you. Mm-hmm. If you if you eat well all the time and you work out all the time, eventually it's probably going to work out in your favor. You're going to be healthier. Uh, all of those things. If you if your process inside your program is strict and regimented and makes sense and produces results. More times than not, and Alabama is a prime example of this, it's all going to work out for you. If you're, but if you let that process get lax, even if the, the most fit guy, he can have a cheeseburger, but he can't have a cheeseburger every day. You know what I mean? You, you, yeah, you, absolutely. You have a cheat meal, but then you got to get back to it. You got to get back into the regiment or you start to slip. And that's what Saban is guarding against. He's, he's saying, hey, that can be the cheeseburger, but we got to get back to it now. We got to get back got to get back into the into the gym we got to get back on the grilled chicken and and the and the roasted broccoli we got to get back to it today right right that's what oh, he's saying right. so I, I i kind of expect them to be yeah uh, you don't you don't you don't people cheer or boo the result but the result is not what matters it's like all right on a defensive play typically i mean you know you got a defensive play you're out of position you misread the route the quarterback throws the ball a little off or the receiver drops it. What happens? Oh, great job. You know, the people are happy. The defense held up. No, they didn't held up. They made a mistake. They made three on the play, actually. Yeah. And they got away with it. That's not what you teach is let's do all the wrong things and hope. Hope is not a strategy. You got to do things the right way. And you're correct. That's why great coaches don't coach the result. They coach the process and the process creates the result. And that's what I always focus on. Of course, that's maybe boring, but it's just what I learned very early from Belichick and, and, and Saban was on there and that's what he's taken. And that's why there's consistency of greatness among other things that he's done, but everything he does, training room, weight room, recruiting, you're right. And so he's not going to be any different on the field. And Jimbo hasn't been able to do that at AM yet. No, he hasn't. I'm not, I'm not judging one week or whatever, but he, he hasn't been able to, to instill that mentality into College Station. No, he hasn't. Saban has it at, at Alabama. He still has some time, but this is listen, if this year doesn't work out for Jimbo Fisher and we're one weekend, I get it. They might go nine and one, and I'm eating my words in, in December. But if this year doesn't work out for Jimbo Fisher, it's a COVID year, and he's making a ton of money, and it's protected, and they can't afford to do anything. But but it, it'll start getting antsy in College Station. Oh, it, it will. And, look, I mean, I think that it all starts with the culture and building it. And, look, um, it's fair to say that it doesn't look good. But I will also say this, that he hasn't lost a game yet at AM that I said, wow. 
every game he lost, yeah. every team was better than them. Yeah. And there was a game like two years ago when he won, I know, seven overtimes against LSU. He beat a more talented LSU team. So for those that think well, he's going to get paid $10 million, guaranteed $7 million, well, then you better win titles. You're not gonna just. You're not gonna jump Alabama because you paid Jimbo seventy-five million dollars guaranteed. That ain't happening. And no, you're not as good as Florida. But, but that's gonna be the expectation. I know, but it, it's not paying, reality. They're p- paying him to finish second in the SEC West. That's that's reality. And that is fair. That is fair because that is. I think if that's not happening by next year, it's absolutely fair. And they need to. I'll give you this. They need to look like the heir apparent when Nick steps aside. And right now, it doesn't look that way. So you are right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. But I also think that time will tell on that. And it. And, and it. But it's trending, not where he wants it. Yeah. You. You and I aren't arguing on this. It just. We have a different way of expressing it. And my my point is always. Um. I always say this in recruiting. Right. When a kid, you're recruiting a kid, and the kid's mentality is, I'm three and out. I'm 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 a three-year college player and I'm going pro. I'm a first-round pick. When you recruit the kid, you got to recruit him that way because that perception is reality. Now you might he might get to school at fill in the blank state and realize that he's not as ready as he thought he was. But by then the the letter's been signed. When you're trying to get him to sign the letter, if he's if he thinks he's a, a three and done, he's a three and done. Yeah, we're gonna so, help you make sure that you get out in three years to achieve yeah. your goals and exactly and so my point is is if you're in this case texas a&m and you're paying your coach 75 million dollars to be a national contender whether that's realistic or not is immaterial those are the standards and if you don't uh if you don't meet them there will be ramifications yeah and, and you're right now and in, in, in another year or so if auburn and lsu look better and you look like the fourth team in the West, then you got a problem. I don't think they're griping, anybody's griping, if they're finishing second in the West, Alabama. I think that's what people would expect, sure, and that's realistic, eventually. And I think it's coming to that point. All right, the other afternoon game, Ole Miss, is at Kentucky. That's a 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central game, as I mentioned earlier, on the SEC Network. Ole Miss coming off a uh, 51-35 loss at home to Florida. Uh, Kentucky coming off a 29-13 loss at Auburn. Both teams looking for SEC win number one. Kentucky got a little bit of news this week. Joey Gatewood, the former Auburn quarterback, has been cleared. He's eligible to play as early as Saturday as of this morning. Uh, Ole Miss has not received word from the NCAA regarding Otis Reese. I was just uh, texting an Ole Miss spokesperson. the process is ongoing, is what I was told. And um, as of right now, I'm trying to find out whether Otis Reese is traveling with the Rebels later today when they fly to Lexington. So a couple storylines there. We'll start with the with the Gatewood story. Um, Terry Wilson is quarterback at Kentucky. He was uh, he was okay the other day. I've got his stats here in front of me because I was working on a Ole Miss-Kentucky story. Uh, earlier this morning, uh, Wilson was 24 of 37 passing, 239 yards, a touchdown, an interception. He rushed 13 uh, times for 42 yards in that 16-point loss at Auburn. What would you think of Wilson's game, and how do you think Gatewood will factor in, if at all, on Saturday? I don't know how Gatewood will factor in. I don't know how things are going and progressing with practice, so I'm – very curious. In fact, it's one of the reasons, not all, but one of the reasons why I kind of, I don't know, mark this as maybe the second most intriguing game for me in the SEC this week. Um, but but in general, uh, Wilson is not going to be a great passer. Well, they didn't, they're not a great passing team. So one of the things that I'm curious and which makes this game most curious to me is I want to see how Kentucky plays that I expect them to get back to being Kentucky football, running the football. And I think being able to create some matchups in the passing game with one-on-one matchups to to create spacing and coverage, create some easy throws. Uh, So that's what I'm looking for to see what they can do and how well they can do it. Their ability to do that is significant because I think as – is well positioned as Kentucky's defense is, I think Ole Miss will score some points and let Ole Miss get a lead. 
and Kentucky have to play from behind and they have to not run their offense through the run game, then that's a different Kentucky team. A, a, a more, obviously. Absolutely. In a more beatable Kentucky team by Ole Miss. So this isn't a more intriguing game. Now, again, I don't want to be all over the place here. I could see Kentucky kind of controlling this at the line of scrimmage and just kind of maintaining control. As long as Kentucky is not in a real chase position, I like their spot. When If they have to play from behind, that increases the chance of Ole Miss defense being able to get off the field. Third and longs, creating a pick, creating a, any sort of turnover. That's not Kentucky's strength. So while I like Kentucky in the game and I like Kentucky at home, uh, you know, I do see some vulnerabilities there that can that Ole Miss can exploit. Matt Corral was terrific for Ole Miss last week at quarterback. Only made a couple of mistakes, really had had a, an excellent game, threw for almost 400 yards. Uh, John Rice Plumley did not play a lot. I think he threw one pass, caught a pass, had a few runs. I think he played 12 snaps was the number. Uh, there's certainly rumblings here in Oxford that you're going to see more of Plumley this week, but no one's specifying what role. The, the the scuttle is that it's not at quarterback, which would make sense because Corral was was really good last week. If you're on the coaching staff and you're trying to convince an athlete like John Rice Plumley, who wants to be a quarterback, and he does want to be a quarterback, he was recruited to be a quarterback. He wants to be a quarterback. He thinks he can lead as a quarterback. How do you convince someone like him to buy into a different role, whether it's a, <clears throat> excuse me, a slot or a hybrid H back sort of a thing, just a, a, as a weapon on offense, but not the quarterback? I would stress to him that he's got real potential, and I would augment that with NFL verifications, which we do all the time. And you know, look, you've got a future in football beyond here. It's not a quarterback. And it's not that you can't get better at quarterback. And you certainly can be a good college quarterback. We know that. We understand that. But in order to utilize you and your skill set and in order to utilize to help in order to utilize what's best for this team, it's you to get the ball in your hands more and I say well you you have the ball in your hands as a quarterback every snap I get that but it's not that you can't throw it but if we've got a little bit more that we can get out of the passing game with Matt and we can utilize you as an all-purpose guy you can make a lot of money at the next level have an even better career and you gotta to me you gotta have that conversation with him I do not know the young man like personally like his family and how much does he, you know, is it one of those cases where he absolutely all he ever wants to do is play quarterback? I know they all say that, but if that's in his heart and he really doesn't care about playing anything else and he only cares, then that's going to be a tough conversation because then you've got to say, look, this is our best situation and we're not closing the door and you're playing the quarterback for us. I think you can have enough of a package, short yardage, goal line situations where he can be the quarterback, but why, Neil, is he going to be in at quarterback is to give you that ability with his legs as a runner. And so that goes in. And Corral was pretty effective as a runner. It is. is. And and so the statue back there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, my point is, is you're really good. Matt's really good. Why do we, I mean, as a coach, you tell me, why would I not want to have you both on the field? Right. Now, this is a different conversation. I never doubted it for a second, but, you know, I've always said, now, if John Rice Plumlee is not on the field, and I mean, that just doesn't make sense, and that just doesn't sound like Lane, and I didn't expect it to be, and it's certainly not. It's a way to get you, I know you can be on the field all the time, but we need more playmakers. You're one of our playmakers. Matt's one of our guys, and we think that he can maybe do a little bit more in the passing game. You can do more as a playmaker. That's why we're doing it, but that's how you got to sell it my opinion, and it's up to him whether he is buying in. And right, we'll, get to, we'll get to the evening games in just a minute. Let me tell you, this podcast is also brought to you by Jupiter Security Systems based in Madison, Mississippi. Jupiter Security Systems provide your business with the help desk, allowing you to get software at a much cheaper price than you would pay going directly to Microsoft or the different cybersecurity services. 
Jupyter security systems offer businesses the full Microsoft 365 suite, email, spam protection, and they monitor your workstations and servers. Jupyter doesn't see your data, by the way, but they'll know if malicious applications get installed on your computers. Jupyter can set up remote monitoring on a computer regardless of the location, so don't spend money on getting your employees new laptops to work remotely. Instead, let Jupyter monitor their home computers and protect your data, your data, I should say, wherever you choose to work. Jupyter Security Systems offers cybersecurity and monitoring. It is ADT for your computer systems and data, and it's very affordable with a flat price, no hidden add-ons. For more information, call Eric at 601-519-9583 or email info at jupitersecurity.net or visit jupitersecurity.net. Also brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky believes in being fast, fresh, and friendly throughout um, through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores. Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience from services to products. Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all, and Blue Sky wants to show their customers they care about them and their shopping experience, and they will strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any of their 48 locations across the southeast all right chris uh into the night games arkansas is at mississippi state the hogs had a five-point lead midway through the third quarter at um, at georgia before um losing that game by 27 points mississippi state as uh you know went down to baton rouge and beat lsu by 10 in mike leach's debut as the bulldogs coach this is his home opener in starkville the governor uh recently passed uh, or, or changed the rules of the amendments a little bit. 50% capacity will be allowed at Scott Field. I, I'm going to guess they can fill that up um, on on Saturday. People probably there pretty excited about Arkansas and Mississippi State. When you look at this game, give me the uh, give me the scenario where Barry, Oden, Barry Odom and that Arkansas defense kind of slow down the air raid and give the Hogs a chance to kind of stay in it. Well, they don't have a great secondary. You've got to play. Um, you got to play a lot of zone, two, three deep zone. You've got to be able to keep play the sticks and prevent the run after catches. So, if you force them through long possessions, you can maybe create some mistakes. You can't allow the run after catch like LSU did. So. The man coverage is a no-no against all those crossers. So they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to do it effectively. Um, you know, pass rush is not as big of a factor because the ball will come out quick. You've got to be re- run some zone drops. I mean, drop in areas. Even if you don't cover, if you can blind the passing lanes just enough to where the ball is a little bit off target, that's enough to slow down the drive, get them off the field. That's what you have to do. I think Barry will have a a better game plan than LSU did. I just don't think they match up. And I think Arkansas, uh, Mississippi state will move the football, move it very effectively against Arkansas. So, um, but that's, that's the formula for them. No question about it. And people will say, well, wait a minute, Georgia's better than Mississippi state. And, you know, and Arkansas should be able to go in and beat Mississippi state styles, make fights. So it's about, okay, Arkansas hung into the game because Georgia couldn't score for a while until they wore down Arkansas. This is about not letting Mississippi State get off to some early leads, some quick scores, because if that happens, you got a problem. Um, Let's get get on to the the, the really good one here that we're all anxious to hear about. Auburn, a – a winner last week over Kentucky. They travel to Georgia. Georgia, as we mentioned, won in Fayetteville. Huge game between the two teams. We talked about JT Daniels a little bit earlier. We talked a lot about the Georgia side of this. How does Auburn win this game? Well, I think they've obviously defensively up front, they I thought grew up a little bit. I think it's gonna be a little it's gonna be tough for them to have success, but you've got to slow down Georgia's run. Georgia did not run the football as well. First of all, 
in looking at the tape, you tend to forget this. You look at the numbers, Georgia didn't have much offense. They had 11 penalties. They had over 100 yards of penalties that ne negated. So what they were able to do, they, they were brought back. You know, it, it would help if, if Georgia is still sloppy. Um, if Georgia can't generate much in the passing game, then certainly you can dictate, force the ball outside the numbers, and stay committed to running, to stopping the run. That's how you can do it. Keep this game close. And then you've got to find a way on offense to be able to score some points pretty early. Again, I think the offensive line will struggle against Georgia's defensive front, but you're going to have to make some plays in the passing game, which is going to be difficult. I thought the secondary played pretty well. Not that they were overly challenged, but I think Georgia's secondary is really good. The safeties are really good. The corners played pretty well. Can you have success throwing the football this week like you did last week to some degree against Kentucky? I think it's a tough matchup for Auburn. I think Georgia's better. Both the quarterback situation is a great equalizer. So the answer is Bo Nix has to have a great have to have a great game. They have to be able to do a really good job running pace on offense. And we talked about this last week against Kentucky. And that's going to be a theme, I think. Because in order for the Auburn offensive line to get some good angles to block Georgia's defensive front. You're going to have to run a lot of pace, get them a little misaligned before snap, be able to run it, run some RPOs. If you can get an early lead and make them play from behind, that's going to force Georgia to be more pass first, and that's not what Georgia wants to do. Arkansas couldn't do that. Arkansas couldn't take advantage. It was close because of Georgia. And, you know, if, if Auburn can have a little bit of luck there and score some more points, and then it gets maybe a two-possession advantage for Auburn, and Georgia has to be pass first, then Georgia becomes a very average-looking team where they're going to have to find a way like they did last week on defense to wear you down and make some big plays. So I still think it's a Georgia advantage, even with the question marks at quarterback. If I could be certain that they would get decent quarterback play, it would be a no-brainer. I just think Georgia's that much better. But I don't know that Georgia – can blow anybody out right now unless they're wearing them out for four quarters. And I don't know that they're going to do that to Auburn. Auburn hasn't won in Athens in a long time. It's been, it's been like 20 years or something since, since Auburn's won there. So I don't, I don't, I know the kids don't think about that, but there's a reason that that happens. Georgia's just kind of had their number. So it's a great rivalry. It's one of those fun games. I covered Auburn as a beat writer for six years. And Auburn, Georgia was always a, a really fun rivalry to cover. The only thing I hated about it as a beat writer back in the day was the moment that game ended, I knew I was on Iron Bowl coverage from that ah. moment on. So you, I can remember driving back from Athens to Auburn on a late Saturday night, getting back to Auburn in the middle of the night, checking back into my hotel room. I actually didn't even check out of my hotel room. I, I drove from Mobile to Auburn on Friday, got up on Saturday early, drove to Athens, covered the game, drove back to Auburn and got up on Sunday and just started riding. Just football. Auburn, Alabama, all week long. That game, the Iron Bowl would end, and all you could think about was just putting your head down. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, just, you're so tired when it was over. That was back in the old glory days of newspapers. It's different, different creature now, but back then you had to put a tab together and all that stuff. And whether, you know, you, whichever team won, that beat writer had more work to do. And, you know, you, you if you were all honest with each other, you were sitting there and, you know, hey, if, if Auburn doesn't win the day, it's going to be all right because I, I won't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, all right. The last game we hadn't gotten to, LSU uh, coming off of its home opening loss to Mississippi State. They head to Vanderbilt. LSU 20th in the country now. They head to Vanderbilt 630 on ESPN, the Commodores. Played uh, well, especially on the defensive side of the ball at College Station. Vanderbilt breaking out some fancy new uh, digs for this game. Pretty cool helmet with the Nashville skyline on the back. All of that stuff. Vanderbilt's going to look good. Is there a scenario where Vanderbilt plays good? Um, You know, I think they're going to have a hard time running the football in this game. Um, Look, I... In looking at the tape, I want to give them credit. It's not all about AM last week. They they played well. The quarterback threw it pretty well. Look, I, I don't think there's a whole lot there for Vanderbilt to, 
to work off of. I don't think they're very talented. I think they're at the bottom of the league in that regard, definitely at the bottom of the league. And I just think this is kind of an embarrassment-type game for LSU. And it, and it's – look, the style is different. Again, I repeat, styles make fights. This is not a style where Vanderbilt can win. They're not going to be able to throw it very well. They're not going to be able to run it very well. Um, I think the whole key, too, is defensively can they hold up. I would expect LSU to be able to establish the run, get an early lead, and then I think it's going to coast now. You might say, well, yeah, well maybe we're going to do that against Mississippi State. They don't have the ability Vanderbilt does to do what Mississippi State did. And if I had known they're going to play so much man against all those crossing routes, then yeah, that's a different scenario. I, that, that doesn't apply here. Um, I think LSU needs kind of a statement win to show that, okay, look, we kind of figured some things out and we're moving on. Uh, anything less than an impressive win. If this is a A&M type win, over Vanderbilt this week for LSU, it's that's going to be almost perceived as a loss again, just like it was for AM. All right, let's uh, look around the country a little bit. Let's see what some other games are. We're going. We'll finish up the last few minutes with your picks against the spread. I didn't even keep up with how well you did last week. I need to go back and, and, and look. Uh, at- I don't know. I just know I didn't pick the Mississippi State LSU game right. Uh, I don't even remember all the games. To be honest with you, yeah, probably not good. All right, uh, Baylor is at West Virginia. That's a it's an interesting game at at eleven a.m. I think it's yeah eleven a.m. It is it is Baylor, eleven a.m. Central. West Virginia is at eleven. TCU at Texas is at eleven. A couple of big games in the Big Twelve right there. Absolutely, no question about it. I'm curious to see if TCU is able to maybe pull an upset here. I don't know that they will. Don't know that they'll get enough offense to compete with Texas, but Texas's defense is was just a disaster and really should have lost to Texas Tech. There's no uh, no, no, no way around it. Um, Baylor's interesting. Thought they played pretty well. Um, big, you know, quite a big challenge against West Virginia here. Um, see, West Virginia at home, if Neil can get enough offense going, get enough passing game going. I tell you what's most interesting, maybe the game in that time slot that intrigues me the most. This Pitt team is hosting NC State, and Pitt's got a really good defense. I think they beat NC State, but they're quietly a pretty good team in Pittsburgh. I'm not talking about like, you know, you're talking about the race for number two. They're in it. They may not be the second best team, but they're in the conversation right now. And I think with a win, they may start to get a little bit more publicity. Uh, NC State is at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's played really well so far this season. They have looked good. Uh, that's a noon game. Uh, I'm looking to see anything else of just interest uh, out of the pre- SEC. Pretty much it, yeah. Uh, and I mean, of course, the, the, the Missouri Tennessee is going on at that same time, so yeah. that'll be a, that'll be in that mix. But as I said, I, I think the the Pitt NC State game is the most intriguing in that early window nationally. Uh, TCU Texas somewhat, um, but th- I think this Pitt team's really good. And, and keep in mind this defensive line. They're generating as much pass rush as anybody in the country, and they don't have Twyman, the best defensive tackle, the best defensive lineman. Period. Opted out. So this is pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good to uh, pit team. And as I said, I think they could be second best in that league. Uh, they're in the conversation uh, at least. And I know Miami's look better in Notre Dame, but Pitt's in that conversation, and it's all because yeah. of their defense. Pat's done a good job. Narduzzi's done a good job there. USF is at Cincinnati. The Bearcats have been really good so far this year. He just continues to just just pad, pad his resume and wait for the big gig to come open because he's going to get opportunities. Yeah, I talked all summer on uh, on LandryFootball.com that um, I, I thought Cincinnati was the best group of five team uh, personnel-wise going in, and uh, I thought they did a great job with their game plan against Army, and no, I think they're really good, and uh, I, I think that's going to be uh, – It'd be a fun team to watch. No, they've got they've got. Uh, he's got a really good future, and because he was kind of thrown in his first head coaching job, I think he's learned a lot, and I think it'll serve him well when he goes and probably gets a uh, a good Big Ten job down the road. Yeah, he's Big Ten slash Notre Dame. That that's his that's his uh, wheelhouse. Oklahoma coming off of a devastating loss in a weird spot. They got to go to Ames to play Iowa State. Iowa State usually gets pretty up for the Sooners and. Oklahoma's yeah, a rough spot here, boy. That's a tough. That's a tough deal in this year when you're trying to you're trying to get to the uh, 
trying to get to the playoff and now you've already got an L, a bad L. The odds of getting there are not good at all if you're Oklahoma at this point. And this is a this is a danger spot. Yeah, no. Um look Oklahoma's defense, we know that story, but the, maybe the untold story was how the offensive line really collapsed down the stretch against Kansas State. That has to change, no question about it. I think it does. I think they'll play better. I, I mean, I still think while Oklahoma is not national playoff looking, I still think they are the team to beat in the Big 12. Um, but if they go on the road to Ames, uh, go, go to Ames on the road and lose to Iowa State, then it'll be time to begin to retract that statement. All right, here we go. Last few minutes of the show. Let's get your uh, let's get your picks. Let's make the people some money here, Chris. No pressure at all. Just no pressure. No pressure. Everybody's got their entire bank account riding on. Uh, it's, these you know, we, we certainly say, hey, look, forget about your four hundred one k. This is where it's at, folks. This is where it's at. So <laughs> the South Carolina Florida line opened at the Gators minus nineteen and a half. It is now down. As we mentioned earlier, it's down to Florida minus seventeen and a half. In just about every book, 17 in some books. We'll go with 17 and a half. You got the Gamecocks getting 17 and a half at, um, in Gainesville. What do you think? You know what? I, I uh, did the full breakdown. It's on the website, and I got them covering 17 and a half, which is where the line was. But the more and more I think of it, I, I, I think it's probably uh, – I think it's probably more like 17. So I'm going to say Florida wins, but maybe not – I'm going to say about 17 is where I, my comfort level is. You heard it right here. South Carolina covers the line. Bet it all right there. All right. Yeah. Missouri, uh, Missouri, the line uh, was started out at Missouri plus 11 at Tennessee. It is now jumped to about 13, just about everywhere. Missouri getting 13 points on the road in Knoxville. Yeah, I don't know that um, that I would. I don't know that I'd, I'd trust Tennessee to cover that many points with their offense. I think Tennessee wins. I think they win comfortably, but I, I think they win. I think ten is uh, ten is about where I would go here. I, I think Tennessee wins it. I don't think uh, I don't. I, I expect Missouri to cover here. Here's the crazy one. This is where all, all jokes aside, we probably could have cashed in and made some money if we'd been watching this when it first popped late Sunday. The line was Alabama minus nine and a half at home against Texas A and M. That would have been here. Here, here's my money. Let's, yeah, let's make an investment. Uh, all of the money has come in on the tide because the line, Chris, has jumped to 18-and-a-half. Alabama, an 18-and-a-half point favorite. Did it really? Did it start out at 9-18? That never goes that bad. Now, you know who is the most bet-on team in college football. Alabama. Okay, yeah. Um, They all bet on them. Yeah, it started at 9-and-a-half. It's now 18-and-a-half at Bovada, uh, 17-and-a-half at Bet Online, 18 at Intertops, 17-and-a-half at Sports Betting. 18 at uh, bet now. So we'll call it 18 points. Yeah. Alabama I, I, minus 18. What do you think? I'm going to say Alabama wins by about 17. I, I don't know that I would go. That's a lot of points, folks. Just, and I'm not a betting guru. It's an awful lot of points to lay, and everybody's looking at it as AM is crappy and really bad. And I don't think they're as bad as they looked. And I think Alabama is really good, but you know, listen, I could see it, and I, you know, part of me thinks Alabama will probably win, and this is why the lines are often so interesting because I do think that it's in that seventeen to twenty-one point range. Yeah, I'm gonna say Alabama wins by seventeen. That's a lot of points to lay. All right, an interesting line. It opened Kentucky minus seven at home against Ole Miss. That line has consistently fallen to one spot. It's it's now Kentucky minus six across the board at uh, at all of the betting services that I have access to right here. So Kentucky, a six-point favorite at home in Lexington against the Ole Miss Rebels. What do you think? Yeah, I, I got, you know, in my breakdown, and I go into details why I think it's like a four-point game. I think Kentucky wins. So as you can see here, I'm, I'm not someone that would lay a lot of points here. I think some of these games may be a little bit closer for no other reasons. Still some mistakes, um, still some figuring things out. That's kind of where I'm thinking. I'm with you from a betting standpoint. I I think Ole Miss plus six is a good play. Uh, I think there's a chance Ole Miss wins the game. I've got Kentucky winning a very narrow game in in just the way I've kind of envisioned it. But I, I like if you're if you're gambling this, I like I like the Rebels plus the six. I think that's a pretty good play. 
Uh, Arkansas is at Mississippi State. That line opened at Mississippi State minus 17, and it has stayed right there. It is uh, Mississippi State minus 17 at home against the Hogs. In fact, the, the, the money line hasn't even changed. It's just stayed right there all week at minus uh, minus 110, 115, right in that range. So what do you think? Mississippi State minus the 17. Yeah, I, this is where I think a little bit differently than most in that I think that you know it's styles and not the overall quality of the team. I, I would expect Mississippi State to win by 21, 24 points okay. because their style is going to be able to run Arkansas a great deal. And 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 I think, you know, throw the football and just kind of um, – spread this game ahead and and then I, you just are going to continue to throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. So they're not like say an Alabama will maybe have a game in control. And they may run the football and take their out of it. That's not Mississippi state. So I think Mississippi state will win and I think they'll cover. Yeah. And you get Arkansas playing chase, which is not ultimately yep. what they want to do. They've been doing it for a long time, but that's not, that's not the style that they're wanting to play. All right. Auburn is at Georgia. Georgia opened as a four and a half point favorite. Chris, that line has creeped up. It is now six and a half. Georgia, a six and a half point favorite over Auburn uh, there in Athens tomorrow night. Yeah, you know, this one's kind of tough to me because I do think it's kind of that four to six point. So I would probably say Georgia in a close one. And I'd probably, you know, take if I had to advise uh, Auburn uh, in the points here. I think it's close because I don't think that Georgia is going to score a ton of points. I think Auburn will score some, but probably not a lot. I mean, they they don't score a lot of points against Georgia, and it's part of the reason why they've not had success recently. Or, and I know long term they haven't, but they haven't done much offensively. That all that Auburn offense that at times has been really good has not uh, done much against Georgia. So, um, but I do think that. Until I see more out of this Georgia offense, it's hard to say. I would say that Georgia wins it, but wins it probably, you know, within four to six. Well, me being the idiot that I am, I've got Georgia and I'm laying points, and I, I, I think Georgia wins. By probably two. right. I think Georgia wins. By <laughs> two. Right. Who knows? All right. The uh, the last SEC game, LSU at Vanderbilt. This opened uh, with LSU giving 18 and a half. The line has jumped to 21 LSU across the board a 21 point favorite at Vanderbilt again 630 there in Nashville yeah you know I think LSU win I think they win comfortably that's a lot of points I I don't know I mean when you're talking about a team winning by 17 or 24 there's not a but I know that's the point of 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 point spreads I, I would say that it'll be I'm not I need to see more out of this LSU offense to know that they're going to cover that. I, I would say that Vanderbilt will cover, and I think that LSU will win comfortably, but maybe not by 21 points. I'm laying them. I, I, I don't think Vanderbilt's going to be able to put points on the board against LSU. I look for LSU to bounce back a little bit this week. It's a They won't be stylistically fooled the way that they were a week ago with a, a really a rough plan against, uh, against Mississippi State. I, I think LSU kind of gets – quote well end quote in in nashville and i i don't i don't think vanderbilt can score so I, I, that's why i think i think lsu covers the 21 it is a lot of points in an sec game but um yeah no it, it it should it should be a game that lsu wins by more than you know 24 28 should be probably 28 30 point game i'm i'm just need to see a little bit more out of this lsu Ooh. offense uh but yeah no i think you're 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 probably right. We we need to we need to be getting your picks here because I think you're 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 much more adept at the point spreads and following that type of stuff than I will ever be. Yeah, I spend more time on it than I should. Uh, well, if if you want to know mine, I've got uh, I've got the Gators. I'm laying the points. I'm laying the points with Tennessee. I'm laying the points with Alabama. I'm taking Ole Miss and the points. I'm laying the points with Mississippi State. I'm laying the points with Georgia, and I'm laying the points with LSU. So I'm laying a lot of You're laying a lot of points this week. Absolutely. Well, that means that Neil thinks there'll be a lot of blowouts in the league this week. I do. I just I I think I, you're I, right. I don't think there's going to be all the parity that everyone always talks about. I just yeah, I don't. We, we typically don't get it. It's it's a common thing that we talk about, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah, it. it you're right. I mean, college football is very top heavy. Always has been, and. The parity is when it gets into kind of the mid-level. The tops, you use, top teams usually separate. And I think I think certainly um, 
in the SEC, I think that's the case. It, it just, you know, it's why the point spread is all what they are. It's not about winning. Is can you win by 24 or 21 some, or whatever the case is. There's some weirdness in the middle in the SEC this year, which is one of the reasons, like, like Ole Miss-Kentucky is a really interesting game because I think there's some middle there. We'll see. I mean, Ole Miss has to get better on defense, but but I, I look for something there, and then um, that's that's – that's about the one that intrigues me. Georgia Auburn intrigues me, but I, I actually think Georgia's going to win with a little bit of ease. And then we'll get into we'll get into week three next week. So we'll we'll come back on Tuesday. We'll recap these games that we have uh, attempted to break down. We'll look at what went right, what went wrong for the winners, the losers, and then uh, we'll start to take a quick look ahead to week number three in the SEC. I hope you all have a uh, a safe weekend, safe travels if you're traveling to games. If you're uh, out there, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy um, enjoy another weekend of football in the SEC and beyond. Speaking of which, that's the name of the show. So we'll be back on Tuesday with SEC Football and Beyond. For Chris Landry, I'm Neil McCready. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.